Hi, this is Christine, and today's morning briefing is called, most importantly, do this. Love Jesus. So we are in a series on the life of Jesus. This is number six. How and what we can learn from him for living today. Practices we can draw from his life to strengthen our own. This lesson gives us that, but first, some context. Newsflash. Jesus was not a Christian. Jesus was a Jew. He did not carry his leather King James Bible to church and sit in a pew. He neither had a Bible nor worshiped in a church and certainly did not speak English. Here's the thing. Like so many, I grew up learning about Jesus from the Bible. However, there was a huge gap in what I was taught. I never learned about his Jewish upbringing or the religious practices, traditions, and customs he observed. We know that Mary was highly favored by God and that upon learning she would miraculously conceive a child of the Holy Spirit, she responded in faith. Likewise, her soon-to-be husband, Joseph, when told Mary would give birth to the Savior, responded in faith and obedience as well. So, Jesus' earthly parents were righteous Jews, endeavoring to live a devout life before God in a small village of like-minded people. The choices of his young parents reveal the actions of God-fearing, law-keeping, first-century Jews, including Jesus' circumcision and Mary's purification at the temple, their observance of Passover as well. As such, they would have taught Jesus and his younger siblings to pray, beginning with the Shema in the morning. S-H-E-M-A, Shema. The first place we find the Shema is in the Deuteronomy, which was written by Moses. Now hang with me here. Shema means hear or listen. Do you listen for God's voice? Hmm. Notice how Jesus answered the following questions. Of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, Jesus would later answer, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. That's from Mark chapter 18. So how do we love God so completely? Heart, soul, mind, and strength. As Jesus would have grown up reciting from a very young age. Step a little closer. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. So delight yourself in him and give yourself over to his great love for you. And then love him in return from your heart. Love the things that God loves and, well, the things that break his heart. May they break yours as well. The only way to really know his heart is to listen to his voice and hear what he says. He has spoken to you and to me, and it is recorded in the pages of Scripture. Love God's word. Feast on it. 
and you will surely develop an unparalleled love for God and for the things that make God's heart beat fast. Love the Lord thy God with all thy soul. Your soul is the deepest part of you. Why, I think if it were an organ, it would be about an inch below your sternum, above your stomach, and way deep inside. Surely the soul houses the gift of wonder. When the soul is full of the wonderment of God, it allows one to see and love the majesty of God rather than shrinking God down to a supersized version of ourselves. And then, love the Lord thy God with all thy mind. Your mind will and surely does override both heart and soul if it is not tended. Paul said we are to take every thought captive, which means we are to reign in our minds lest they run away with our wills. Loving God with all your mind literally means loving God with all your mind, loving God logically and creatively, seriously and humorously, intuitively and thoughtfully. Exercise your mind, stretch it, and be a good steward of it by disciplining it. Whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, or praiseworthy, think on these things, Paul wrote. And finally, love the Lord thy God with all thy strength. Hmm, your body. Feed the temple that is your body with nutritious food. Rest it and thoroughly exercise it. And then serve God. Christianity is not meant to be a spectator sport, nor are we meant to be consumers. Paul wrote, for we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So before we were ever born, God had in mind how we would serve. Where are you serving? You know, while there's so much to distract and deter us from keeping God number one in our hearts and lives, the Shema focuses us on loving God daily, with our whole selves. So if Jesus prayed it at least once as a little boy, ought we not start our day the same way? <laughs> or I suppose another way of looking at it or saying it would be to say to God, be my one desire. <laughs> I've been feeling like I'm buried underneath all the things that don't bring peace. Oh. It's been stealing all the joy inside my soul. I've been trying to control, but the truth is nothing else will make me feel alive the way you do. Nothing else will bring the dark to light. Be my Burn up inside my heart just like a fire Anything else that tries to satisfy a liar Help me lift you higher Be my one desire
Who you are Nothing else will ever take your place 